Um, so John, uh, we are we're back. Uh, I have a little bit of Grand Theft Auto Five follow up, which is a weird, really weird thing to say because we must have spoken about this for years now because this game has been <laughs> out like nine years. It's been out since uh, long before we started the podcast, I think. But uh, yeah, and, and you're a big fan. You're a big fan. But uh, you know, Rob, I think we should let folks know where we went. Where did we disappear to? You you were doing fun things, and I was doing not so fun things. Yeah, so we... That's it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we delayed for, what, two weeks? A couple of times, I think. Because we delayed for a couple of weeks because I didn't have a desk to work from. Um, So I had nowhere appropriate to to even record the podcast. Um, And then you've hurt your knee. Yes. And... I was also in Rome for a week, um, which we, which we will get to. By the by, I was just off jet setting around Europe, going to the all the fancy places in Italy. But yes, that, that, that oh, absolutely that looked like a wonderful that looked like a wonderful trip. And yes, and I hurt my knee, and that is going to get better. You know, the thing is though about the knee is that we this is the second knee that I've hurt during the run of Ruminate, because if you yes. recall, I did the exact same thing to my other knee. And we recorded an episode the day that I did it. I don't know why I did that. It might have been the pain medications. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with the microphone balanced on my chest, lying flat on my back, and that was that was probably not something I should have done back then. This time, instead of doing something similar, we decided to put it off a week because I my <laughs> my knee is not fixed yet, but it is not painful, and I've got it up, so I can actually. You know, the good thing about the work that we do, Rob, is that really you can do it in any prone position, no matter. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right? You, can do it, oh, yeah. you can do it in bed, you can do it on the couch, you can sit in a chair, you know, no matter what, you know, put your feet up, put your feet down, whatever. It's uh, it's not exactly hard labor. So it's, uh, I've been, I've been still getting a fair amount done. I um, I distinctly remember that five years ago, you, you text me, I can't remember if it was very late or quite early in my time. Um, and you sort of said, oh, I've done this thing to my knee. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to record or not. I'll let you know. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay. And, and obviously, you know, you went off to doctors, hospital, wherever you went. And then and then you said, no, 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 I'm fine to record. And I thought, you'd already told me what you'd done. I thought, oh, okay, if you say so. Um, and we went for it. <laughs> yep, yep, we did. We did. So this this time we put it off a week. And so we're back and we'll hopefully be on a more regular schedule now. But um, what do you have to tell me about Grand Theft Auto V? I saw you saw you mentioning this in the uh, Club Max Stories Discord recently. Yeah, so this is one of the things where they they must have announced. I think it might have even been at the PlayStation Five uh, release event. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, "Ah, oh, GTA V is coming to the PS Five. You know, online and the single player." And everybody, including me, sort of rolled their eyes. It's like, well. You know, we've already got the PS4 version, which right. runs pretty well. Um, you know, and I'm, being Rockstar, I think everybody assumed they were going to charge, you know, 40, 50 pound or something like that. Um, and it went up for pre-order yesterday. And for the first three months, they're only charging $10. Um, so I, I, I've i now bought GTA Five for the third time in the last 10 years. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Wow. So I uh, I bought the original version on uh, Xbox 360, um, and I was working at a game shop at the time, so I actually got it a day early. Um, and then, probably about five years ago, I picked up the PS4 version just to replay it. Um, and now I guess I'm going to replay it again on the on the PS5 because ten dollars 
is really not a lot of money for for upgrade, and I can kind of live with that price. Oh, nice. Have they, what have they have they changed anything? No, as far as I know, it's literally just like textures, and I, I think it runs at sixty frames per second, which would be okay. nice. Um, but this isn't anywhere. You know, it's not close to a sort of full remaster or anything like that. It's essentially the same game with some. I think it's got dual sense features as well, which obviously they can't do with the PS4 version. Right. So, um, and I think it. I think it comes out next week. So, you know, I'll give it a go. Oh, and nice. certainly, you know, given that the sale was only for three months, I thought, well, I'm just going to pick this up now. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm going to be sitting around the house a lot. So I have, I have, I, I could use some recommendations for things, games, uh, movies, that kind of thing. Cause I could have some time on my hands, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you've got some time, you could, uh, I'm sure you've got plenty of games lying I around. Do. You could uh, give a go. Yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> since we last talked, one of the things I did was I bought a bunch of 3DS games. Okay, that's a new yeah, one. Yeah, because the eShop is closing, and it's closing rel- relatively soon. I think it's the end of May, I want to say, when they stop taking credit cards. So- <coughs> Sorry. Um, so, so, yeah, I went in, and first thing I did was I went through the virtual console and found any games that I thought that, that were ones that I always kind of meant to play that were only available that way, like Box Boy, for instance. Mm-hmm. And then I went through some of the classic Nintendo titles and got picked up a few of those because, you know, although I have the analog pocket and I can get things like, you know, old Game Boy or Game Boy Color or Advance games and play them there, some of these games are very expensive and I could pick them up on the 3DS for you know, like $10 instead of, I don't know, $100. Some of those uh, Pokemon games are very expensive. So I did that. Um, and, I've got a, and I've got a big, you know, big 3DS that is in still really good shape. So I'm just going to play stuff on that some, I think. That's, that's my plan, at least. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like with, with Nintendo shutting, you know, the eShop and Sony attempted to do it with the PS3 mm-hmm. store a while ago, like a few, maybe like six months and ago the, or something. And the Vita store too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think we seem to be hitting this point now where, I mean, firstly, all the people like me who are physical collectors, we can sit here being a little bit smug. Uh, True, no <laughs> doubt. But we're definitely hitting that point now where, you know, these game, the, these consoles are really old. You know, yeah. not so much the 3DS, but you know, certainly the PS3 and the Vita and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They can't keep these stores running indefinitely. Right. Or, I mean, they can theoretically, but like they're a business. You know, they have to at some point they have to just cut it off because I'm sure they're paying you know server infrastructure right. and all of the payments and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, and and I think we're just going to keep seeing more and more of this as you know as we go through like you know another generation is going to drop off of the you know whatever digital marketplace they've got um you know and i can be smug for now but i think we're probably only a, this generation is probably going to be the last one that's got physical games in any any real capacity yeah it's it's unfortunate that especially with nintendo that there's no good alternative for a lot of the games that were on the virtual console for instance those just aren't available anywhere now and you know physical copies unless you were a collector at the time 
there's no that's not always a good option the games you know they wear out plus they they can be very expensive it'd be nice if there was some option today but nintendo's not very good about bringing back those old games no don't i'm like you say i mean the you know the, the first option most people would suggest is piracy right and, or not piracy you know using roms and using an emulator uh, but as you say there are games that are exclusive to these platforms um the the scott pilgrim game was a good example of that i mean they, they've re-released it now right that um, is but that one. came out you know was it 10 years ago and then i think it was only on sale for maybe a year mm-hmm. um and then they lost the license and it's like oh okay that that game is now gone forever you know there's no pc ver- if you've got a pc version it makes it a lot easier because you can mostly play that on any pc right. um you know but there are a lot of games like that. There, there's a, I can't even remember the name of it now, but there was a game that me and a friend played years and years ago on the PS3, and that was like a, you know, a digital only title, and that's not even in the store anymore. So it's like, well, that game's just lost to the ether forever, and nobody will ever be able to play it again. Right, and there's some of these too. I think especially we're heading, especially with Nintendo in the current, we're heading into a generation of these games where they have very specific hardware that can't be emulated particularly well. You know, whether it's the DS or the 3DS or the Wii U or, or the Wii's, uh, the Wii, you know, controllers, all those things. There are ways to emulate them and people have tried, but it's not really the same necessarily. So it, you know, that's a whole nother complicating layer to how, how this sort of thing works in preserving these games. Yeah, you, you've definitely reminded me. I need to double check my 3DS collection and and see. Yeah, you should. See if there's anything I want before the uh, before the eShop well, shuts the, down, because those prices are going to jump up. Right, and the reason I did it, so some of the stuff I got was downloadable. I did order a couple of games online because you can still get these games, especially the popular ones. If there's maybe a couple of popular games or ones that are considered particularly good that you missed during that generation it is possible to pick them up at places like amazon for a reasonable price they're not like you know they a lot of them are still like 20 or 30 dollars they're not incredibly expensive it's the it's the things that aren't made anymore that that are rarer that tend to draw these high prices and that really goes back to the the game boy era and that sort of thing yeah, definitely. It's a real shame that, you know, as I say, these stores have to shut down eventually, but it, it's a shame that there's a lot of games that, you know, will just get lost and we're, we're never going to see them again unless, you know, even something like Limited Run Games mm-hmm. is a nice, you know, they're a nice, decent, you know, they're a good enough company as far as I'm aware, you know, they print the games, but it, they really price a lot of people out. Not not intentionally, I don't think, you know, making cartridges in short runs is probably quite difficult. Yep. Um, you know, the, the same is even true for the PS4 games and stuff they do. Like, they have to charge a price, um, you know, that makes sense for them. And it, it, I don't feel like that's a legitimate option for a lot of people. Yeah, it really isn't. Plus, I mean, they're, they're ca- they, they do a lot of games, but it's, they tend to be pretty niche games that are, that, you know, maybe... I guess diehard die fans are into, but not necessarily covering the full spectrum of what people like. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, there's, there's always, you know, probably two or three times a year they're doing like what I would consider a well-known or popular game. But as you say, a lot of it is more niche games and, and the ones that have sort of maybe got a cult following that kind of thing. Right, right, right. Definitely. So what else, Rob? I've been um, I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West a little bit. 
uh, let me just before you continue you're not allowed to tell me anything okay um because i haven't bought it mm. because i haven't had a spare day um <laughs> to <laughs> wow. even consider playing it um because you know we're still doing diy work and um you know every, a lot of a lot of the weekends still at the moment are just filled with diy jobs sure. and you know, running out to the hardware store for God knows what. You know, you know what it's like. Oh, you start yeah. doing DIY, you're going to go two or three times in a day. Yep. Um, and you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like I've waited a couple of weeks. It's now like fifteen pound cheaper on Amazon already. Wow. Um, it's it, you know, it's down from. I think it's because the PS5 games are overly inflated at seventy pounds. Yes. Um. So I, I'm I'm hoping maybe next weekend. Um, I might have some, you know, I want to make sure I've got a decent amount of time to play it, at least to start with. Yeah. Um, so I might pick it up next week. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a no spoilers. I haven't, I haven't listened to your episode of uh, uh, Unwind yet, or uh, because I don't want to, don't want to hear anything about it. Yet. Yeah, don't listen to that because it definitely goes into some detail. But I haven't played a lot since then, and that's partly just because. I've been busy with other things and hurt my knee and all that sort of thing. Plus, I've been returning to uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus even more. I mean, I've I've gotten down to the last area of the game, and I've just enjoyed playing that one in short bursts here and there, you know, in the evenings and stuff. It's such a fun game. I do, though, after playing, like, um, playing Forbidden West, and then you open up Pokemon, and you're like, oh, wow, these graphics really are pretty bad. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's not just the switch. I mean, it it it's it's just the the Pokemon company and the and the graphics they're doing are uh, just pretty rough. Um, you know, some of the animations are really good. There's just areas where it's just it's just very rough, and it's better in handheld on, especially on an OLED switch. The colors really are vibrant, and it looks great in a sense that way. But if you spend any time on like a PS5 game or something and then go over to it, it's a little jarring at first. Um, it doesn't mean it's not a fun game anyway, but it, it, is, it does, it, it does kind of shock your senses a little bit if you've come from a, a, you know, a real high-resolution, high-production game like uh, Forbidden West. No, yeah, definitely. I've done that a few times where I've gone to, you know, any of my, a lot of the Switch games are, are, are like that. I mean... I think some of the the proper Nintendo made ones they're very good at making it look nice even if it doesn't have like the best graphics yes. um, you know Mario Kart Breath of the Wild that kind of thing um, right but no I I totally get what you mean it's um it, it's certainly jarring switching between the two consoles yeah another one that that does a good job is the new Kirby game that's coming I played the demo of that and it's a lot of fun I mean it's it's like just like over overkill on the on the cuteness yeah, but it's but it's it's just it's a fun little game. I mean, it's not super hard. They have two modes. One's I guess an easy mode, and one's a hard mode. They both seem pretty easy to me, and I'm not by no means like a great gamer or anything. But uh, but I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's only three stages, so you can you can burn through it pretty fast. But but you know you get a hang, get a hang for the mechanics and Kirby swallowing the giant objects like a car and a, and a cone. A traffic cone and stuff like that. Um, I'm looking forward to it actually coming out. I think that's later this month, maybe in a couple of weeks. I think I want to say. Uh, yeah, I think I think you might be right. It's definitely it's definitely out soon. It was this was one of those ones where they just sort of you know they just dropped it 
they were like, oh, this is coming in a few weeks. Oh, great. Yeah. That's like lovely. That's what I like. It's Kirby <laughs> and the Forgotten Land. So that's the, uh, the the actual title. Yeah, it just came out of the blue about a week ago. And I was like, oh, this will this will be perfect. And I played through it really quickly. And it was just a, a nice little taste of of what's coming, I guess. You know, I, I guess to entice people to buy it. Maybe they were... Maybe that's why they drop things like that because maybe the pre-sales weren't high enough. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, a demo certainly helps. I think if you've got a good game, it helps or it hurts. It um, depends. You know, that's the thing. You got to make sure well, you have a good game on your hands. I um I, I downloaded the uh, the Cyberpunk um five hour trial uh-huh. for the the PS5 version. No, that's not for me. Um, right, exactly. I, I I played it for about an hour and I was like. No, this isn't a game for me. It's fine. I'll let other people enjoy it, but this is not this is not a game I'm interested in playing any more of. So. Yeah, we got we got Elden Ring last weekend because my son wanted to play it, and I've been mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it and watching him play. Pretty much cured me of wanting to play it. I I knew that I knew that it's not a game I want to play, but I'm absolutely obsessed with watching people stream it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 brutally difficult. Uh, and it looks yeah. and it looks great, but it's really it's it's really difficult to to play. I mean, I I much rather play Forbidden West, which is can be played on a lot of different levels. It has a bunch of different uh, difficulty settings. It even has you know like a story mode if you really just want to mm-hmm. kind of interact with the characters and see the story unfold. I, I'm not playing at that level, but but it. it it does have a real good narrative and it's a great looking game. So there is something to be said for, you know, going a little easier on yourself and just enjoying the experience and not making it frustrating or feeling like, you know, chores and that sort of thing. Um, shall I uh, tell you a bit about Rome? I want to hear all about uh, Rome. Yeah. I've been to Rome <laughs> as you probably know, but, uh, yes. and I gave you, a, I gave you one suggestion of a place to go. Um, but, but where'd you go? What'd you do? I mean, I love Rome. It's one of my favorite cities. Yeah. So I, I mean, I asked for a bunch of recommendations in the, uh, the Mac stories discord. Um, and I got a whole bunch from you. Um, a couple of other people in there, Federico, um, gave me a sort of a list, which, um, was more of his, I think he sort of said it was more of his like tourist list, you know, right. the kind of stuff you, this is the stuff you should go and see. And there was a couple of bits on there. Um, so the first two days we did, what I would consider like the proper tourist stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to the Vatican Museum, um, which, oh my God, it's so boring. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of walking too. <laughs> it's a lot of walking. And, you know, I, I don't, it, it's a strange, you know, they, obviously the Vatican has a lot of stuff. Yep. You know, it, it's, you know, it's hundreds of year, years old. They've got all the, you know, sculptures and, and statues and all this, but there's just a lot of it. Um, yeah, it's overload. So, you know, we, yeah, so we went there the first day. Um, you know, had a look around St. Peter's Square during the day, which was nice, and went into the uh, you know the, the basilica that's in there, which was um, mm-hmm. it was very grand and impressive. Did you go up on the dome? No, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah, you can go up the dome, up on the dome. It's a little bit claustrophobic, but you can get up onto the roof. Uh, at some part of the roof Uh, we did it once and it's pretty neat and you can then you can look down and see the entire square from up there which is pretty interesting it's pretty neat you can get up inside that you you both go outside but you also go inside the dome so like you're in saint peter's cathedral in the dome in the middle 
looking down at the people below inside the church and looking at the you know the artwork on the ceiling as well which is pretty neat oh interesting i don't think i saw anything for that but um oh well i mean it doesn't matter i'm, I'm sure i'm gonna go back again, yeah yeah there's you know I mean? there's always something new to do there there's so much history and and sites and things to do, and of course good places to eat oh absolutely yeah so the the first day was mostly that like just the you know the vatican museum and st peter's square and then the next day we went and did the Colosseum and the Roman Forum and, and, and up the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the first two days, that was a lot of walking. It is, um, yeah. You know, we, we'd kind of get back to the hotel at like seven o'clock at night and we'd be like, right, let's just go grab dinner from the nearest restaurant and then let's just go to bed. Right. Because <laughs> uh, um, that was, and, and you know, those are the main sort of touristy places. Um you know, we're right by the Pantheon and um, the Trevi Fountain, so we could sort of see those whenever we needed to. Oh, that's nice. I really like that area around there. I've got nice pictures from there. We stayed, when we first went to Rome, we stayed near the Plaza Navona, which is kind of close to there, um, mm-hmm. on, like on the way to the Vatican, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is where I found the best bakery um, for our breakfast pastries. Oh. And I would love to tell you what I had. Um but the the woman who who ran this bakery uh-huh. did not speak English or, or chose to not speak English, which is you know absolutely fine. Um, so there was just a lot of pointing and me just pointing at things that looked nice yeah, that I'd never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Like I didn't know. And then and, and it was quite funny actually. One of the days I went in, there was somebody in front of me. I was just sort of waiting, and then the woman who's running it was like you know speaking to me in Italian, like waving a croissant at me, and I was like, what? what on earth is going on like i don't thankfully the woman in front of me spoke english and she was like she's asking if you want a croissant because she's taking them out the back to to stuff them like they do um and and i was like i was just i basically just said sorry i'm english like i'm just apologizing for not speaking (laughs) italian (laughs) that's funny um but i I mean to what you're saying like the the food i think is more what i'd want to go back for because you know we were eating Three times a day, mostly in restaurants, because there was just so many nice restaurants. You know, we were like, oh, we're going there for pizza, and then we get pasta later. Or Right. Um, and I kind of just want to go back just to eat more food, because that <laughs> food was so good. Yeah, that's perfectly okay. I mean, I, I've been, I guess, four times to Rome, two times with my family, and two times just to do work stuff with Federico. And, and even just going to do work stuff with Federico was still a lot of fun, even though we weren't really doing touristy sites because we always go to some really nice lunch and dinner place every single day. And that to me, you know, getting, getting to go out and eat in Italy every night for four or five days is as fun as going and seeing the the sites. I mean, I've seen like the ones you've seen and, and a lot of the other ones when I, um, when I was there with my family. And so getting to just go there and eat is totally fine with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the the kind of stupid things we did the first, not stupid, but it's kind of silly was because we were so tired at the hotel, the the first day when we got back to the hotel, we watched Angels and Demons. Uh, (laughs) And then and then on the second night when we got back, we watched Gladiator. Uh, <laughs> just because we'd been to the Coliseum and it was it was kind of just fun to be like oh it's oh, yeah. literally just where we've been and like um so but um but yeah I mean the the food I I posted this in the the Mac Stories Discord but I I've ended up buying a book um, a pasta sources book that I think was originally printed about thirty years ago 
um, because it's allegedly like, you know, a lot of people were saying this is the best one for pasta sauces because I'm like, I don't want to eat any kind of pasta I was making before. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to uh, gonna work my way through the recipes in that. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah, no, I I mean, I I love the food there and always end up even just the simplest stuff is just so tasty so it's uh it's a great way to spend your time in rome wow that's oh absolutely and the other thing we were doing and, and, and you know you kind of when you normally go to a new place you like you want recommendations for places to eat or sure you know things to do after the first day we were like i think you can just pick anywhere random and the food's still going to be yeah, really good kind of true um <laughs> And that's kind of what we were doing because we we got um we got a metro ticket with um free with our uh, Vatican tickets I think it was I think because we bought like a you know all the tickets all in one right um so we were just jumping on the metro and go so now let's get off at this stop and we'll just pick a restaurant that we like the look of and we didn't have bad food once no, I mean that's it, nice. I I'm not sure you can do that in, in many other countries no I don't think that that you can um, or, or even any other cities for that matter like it. it to be able to just pick anywhere at random and always have nice food um, is it, it, tr- truly impressive. Yeah. One of the things that I really like when I'm there is souple, which is deep fried risotto balls with a cheese in the center that you usually dip in marinara or something. And they have different ones. Some shops will have different different stuffings or different flavors of them. But to the, the traditional ones have like cheese and then you can dip them in sauce. And oh, they're so good. And I've really not seen them outside of Italy. So I'm sure there are some Italian restaurants in other countries that that's, that serve them. But uh, but they're they're a pretty they're a pretty neat treat that I like to have when I'm there. And and they're almost at some they even have some shops that are they're really just like fast food souple shops where you just go in and they have a whole bunch of different varieties and you order up you know a half dozen of them and you can eat them on the go because they're. They're just wrapped up and deep fried, and you can have them like you know, just like you would fast food. Sure, yeah. Um, I think um, I can't remember what I was going to say to you now. Oh. No, I've completely lost it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there was something else, but I've I've uh, I've completely forgotten. Well, so it's fine. I'm glad you had a, a good trip because I know that that trip was delayed quite a bit because of COVID, and you finally got to go. Uh, yeah, this this was the trip that we had booked for uh, two weeks before our wedding. Oh wow! Um, it's a, the first time so obviously it's not scheduled, anyone. right? <laughs> right, yeah. And then we're now on the third time it's scheduled. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and we had an amazing time. I mean the the airport experience is really something at the moment. Um, obviously, because of you know various measures like checking passes and and you know all of that kind of stuff. It, that wasn't a particularly fun experience. Um, but I'm not convinced that. I'm remembering the airports were particularly fun before that. So <laughs> no, that's true. And I, I mean, I, you know, I went to Ireland and Italy in, in, I guess, end of October, early November. And it's, there's just a whole nother layer of hassle with having to deal with the, the COVID regulations and things and how it's different from country to country. It's at least nice moving from, if you're all within the EU, when I went from like Ireland to Italy and back, that was pretty pain, painless, but it was actually the hardest part was coming back to the U.S. The U.S. at the time had the stricter regulations, um, but you know it changed. The other thing is it changes constantly, so you have to be kind of on top of what what each country's regulations are, and there's forms to fill out and timing with your testing and all that stuff, which makes it a little bit more stressful. Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, I think when we went. 
um, I think it was three days before we went, their their regulations changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we kind of knew it was coming because there was some mention that it was going to change. Um, and, and it was kind of fine, but we could have potentially ended up spending way more money than we needed to on, you know, tests and, and stuff like that. But, you know, thankfully... It was okay. It was a bit of a stress because we were still waiting for test results and we were on our way to the airport. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, all I cared about was once I was on the plane, I felt very de-stressed because I'm like, well, I'm on the plane now. Like, right. you know, short of really bad weather or something, we're going to make it to Rome. Right. Um, you know, that's all I really care about was making it to Rome. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and yeah, you know, we had a great time. Oh, that's um, good. And it was, you know, it's kind of nice to get a holiday at the, you know, after this sort of two years that we've all had. Oh, and, yeah. You know, just chill out. And, and the weather was amazing. It was like 19 degrees every day, which is you know kind of perfect for sort of walking around, um, you know, especially somewhere like Rome where you are going to do a lot of walking. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were really happy. It was kind of perfect. Yeah, they don't really know what bad weather is in Rome. I mean, it, and when it gets cold, it's like barely cold. I mean, it's not – when I go there – when I've gone there twice around – once in November, once in December, it's always been pretty comfortable, even though, you know, back home it was quite cold. Although I guess it gets very hot and humid in the summer. I have not been to Rome in the dead of summer. I've always been there at like spring or fall. So Yeah, we, we did. That had occurred to us. Like, obviously, originally we were going to be going in August. Um, it can be very hot then, I think. And, and I, when we were like queuing up for stuff you know at st peter's square and, and in museums and stuff like that or when we were just walking around the streets which you know can get pretty busy even these like side streets and stuff all i kept thinking was i'm so glad we didn't come in august yeah. because yeah, me and jess we were pretty sensitive to the heat like I, i'm always quite warm as it is even mm-hmm. you know unless it's freezing cold outside i'm kind of i'm always pretty warm so the summer is always worse for me so i'm so glad we didn't go in the summer yeah yeah no that probably is good yeah that it it does get warm it is a mediterranean company c- country after all but uh well that's great i'm glad you had a good time i'm i'm looking forward to getting out and doing some more stuff again myself but i'm going to be sidelined for a couple of months with my knees so for now it's just me moving from my desk to my living room and back again. That's about all there is to it for me these days. <laughs> that, that, that's your commute. That's my it? commute. That's my, <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I'm not even allowed to go upstairs during the day right now because my wife is afraid that I will, I will trip and fall down the stairs or something because I don't have great mobility with my knees. So once it's, more fi- once it's fixed up and I'm a little more stable, I'll be able to even go upstairs. Yeah, well, do you know, it's funny you said that you've reminded me about something vaguely tech-related. I, um, I I hit my arm. I was sorting out the garage, uh-huh. um, you know, clearing it out and stuff like that. And I sort of dropped a shelf and caught it on my arm. And then my Apple Watch was buzzing at me. I was like, what on earth is going on? It's, it's like, it looks like you've had a fall. And I'm like, well, no, but I suppose at least I know it works. Well, like, uh, funny, <laughs> funny you say that because the ice I slipped on and fell very hard and ruined mm-hmm. my knee it didn't go off <laughs> of course it did right and i came down i could not have come down harder rob i have such a huge bruise mm-hmm. on my side on my backside still and two yeah. weeks later it i came down like a ton of bricks and ruined my knee and the apple watch didn't go off i guess i didn't fall according to the algorithm Oh, yeah, you're falling wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. I'm pretty sure I fell down, though. So, uh, fortunately, I was able to call and get a ride home from my, my wife. 
Excellent. That's that's always good to hear. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, hopefully, you know, you get your get your operation, and you'll be you'll be back up and at them in no time. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the recovery instead of just sitting around not being able to walk well. Yeah, that that's not a lot of fun. I had a you know I had an operation you know when I was younger when a teenager and, and you know the same thing. It's just like so we didn't we didn't even have the internet at my house at that point. Um, so oh, no. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, I watched I watched daytime TV for I think about three months, oh, no. um, and I'm not sure if you you, you may not the, the British. Um, daytime TV yeah. is a particular. It's it's very British. There's like oh. antique shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's uh, Homes Under the Hammer, which is uh, where somebody buys a house at auction. Okay. Um, and and it, it, a lot of house shows, a lot of antique shows, um, and they're, they're normally sort of a uh, a movie you've never heard of with with actors you've never heard of in the middle of the day um so yeah i did that for a few months as a teenager i'd Boy. be thankful you've got the internet yeah, you, <laughs> i'm surprised you recovered with that sort of stuff to watch like, i've got i've got twitter so look out internet i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be hot taking all over the place because i'll have time on the oh there we go <laughs> all right so yeah, I think that's probably uh, probably enough for this week, and we can uh, we didn't really get to any of the the Apple stuff from yesterday, but we we can dig into that in a couple of weeks. I think when we've got a bit more information, and maybe maybe somebody, namely you, has ordered something. Oh, I may have ordered something. <laughs> I may have ordered the most expensive oh. computer I've ever ordered. So well, there you go. There's a little teaser for everyone. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later, Rob. <laughs>